brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ladies and idiots. This is the Fade to Gray podcast. Bitches be crazy. The things you do for the poo tang, you know. The good old-fashioned hump and fuck. Heyo. My my sexual orientation just doesn't define me. You are a bad gay. Bad, bad gay. What the fuck ever. We're all gay up in her. I'm about to go off. What do you think about the podcast? It sucks. Nice. We out. We out. What's going on, Fade to Gray family? This is Chris, and we are back with another episode. But today's episode is a little different because... We're starting our relationship series. Now, we're not going to do this series like we did the last one in a bingeable format. We're going to release this series episode by episode, and we'll have another relationship episode for you in two weeks' time. Today's guest is one of our Patreon members, Amanda. We met Amanda a few months ago after appearing on the Your Atheist Pastor podcast, and she went ahead and came over and decided to support Fade to Gray as well, which is awesome. But she's one of those people that you instantly like. She's full of laughs, funny. She actually dabbles in stand-up comedy. She's also incredibly irreverent, which is one of the reasons I really, really enjoy talking with her. And just to kind of set up who Amanda is, if you haven't interacted with her yet, Amanda is a 29-year-old business owner. She owns her own gym in the southwest part of the country where she lives. She's athletic sports a nose ring, has long brown hair, and is usually wearing some sort of sports gear. As a gay woman who grew up in the purity culture of the church, she's got plenty of good stories. I do find it ironic that you asked me to go into the closet in order to send you this. (laughs) But you know me, I'm all about having a straight white male tell me to get back into the closet. I don't mind the closet life. Lived there for a long time. Okay, so... Let me start out by asking you, what was it like growing up in purity culture and how did you come out to your family? I went to a super small private Christian school all the way through high school. And I, in hindsight, like I was the most obvious little faggot. I was the most obvious little gay girl, but I thought I was (laughs) so good at hiding it. Right. Yeah. So uh, we were uh, coming back. A bunch of us were coming back from, we did like a senior trip. Out, um, I also went to a private school, so there's money. So we went to Disneyland, Damn. all of us. And on our way back from Disneyland, we were all in uh, some mom's suburban driving back to the school and we're playing, you know, top 40 radio. And the song I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry had just come out, right? Yeah. And it was like this like scandalous song, like, ooh, this girl's talking about how she kissed a girl and she liked it. And everybody's like, Amanda, Amanda, listen to this song. Mm. And I was like, ugh, why do they want me to listen to this song? Right. I'm not gay. <laughs> and then like a couple months later, it was like, guys, I'm gay. <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, we know. We've like known since freshman year. I was like, oh, well, fuck y'all. It sounds like your friends knew that you were gay. But what about your family? What was it like coming out to them? 
I came out to my dad on Christmas Eve one year because we got in a fight. We got into this argument, and my dad and I are very similar. So when we argue, like in butt heads, it's it just ends up being disastrous. So we got in a huge fight, and my dad was like, "Everybody go to bed. Christmas is over," <laughs> and he's all pissed off. Everybody's crying. It's Christmas Eve, so everybody's going to bed, and I was like. <laughs> Dad, can I, can we like go for a drive and talk? And my dad was like, 10 minutes, that's it. And we get into the car and I'm going on and on and on about how I feel like I'm the black sheep of the family and this and that. And my dad was like, well, why do you feel like you're the black sheep of the family? And in typical Amanda fashion, it was long dramatic pause. And then I was like, because I'm gay, dad. And then you could just hear the silence. And my dad's like, well, whenever we have a sin issue in our life. And I was like, Fran, I didn't actually <laughs> oh, say this no. to him, but I'm thinking, I was like, Fran, get your shit together. Are you kidding me? Like, there is not somebody that is more invested in going to church and going to youth group and hearing the word of the Lord than yours truly. So, no. So your dad went the whole religious route in response to you coming out. What about the rest of your family? How did they take it? Everybody in my family is gay. Like me, I'm gay. Both my brothers are gay. And my middle brother, my middle brother's bi. And he was, he was a little less obvious than my baby brother. My baby brother, like I knew from day one was gay. So when I told Michael, my baby brother, I was like, Michael, I need to tell you something. I'm gay. And he was like, Amanda, I love you, but you know how I feel about that. And all I'm thinking is like, you know what? Fuck you, you little faggot. You're going to tell me the same thing in about seven years. And he did. Well, let's back up here. When did you first start feeling same-sex attraction? I very vividly remember the first time I felt attraction towards somebody. Um, I was actually in Sunday school. Um, I was probably honestly like four or five years old. And wow. I very vividly remember thinking that my Sunday school t-shirt was so pretty. And I remember back then knowing that I didn't find her pretty on the level that most girls find another girl pretty. Yeah. My Sunday school teacher, she was so fine. <laughs> and uh, I also remember thinking like that it was weird. I, 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 yeah. I remember a, an awkward feeling of finding another female attractive but i didn't give much thought to it because i was like five years old and i don't think you really think much about attraction i guess or you don't psychoanalyze attraction at that age um that's probably my earliest uh memory of attraction i do remember at the age of like 14 or 15 at least being aware of sexuality beyond the point of the birds and the bees Right. Beyond the point of knowing what it is or being at least having that self-awareness that there was something going on with my body that felt good mm -hmm. when sexually aroused. Yeah. And I remember finding finding my own body experience at probably the age of 15 or so, which was funny because... <laughs> growing up in the church, you're told about how special your gift is and how like boys masturbate all the time. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, am I the only girl that does this? Uh... What? And yeah, I remember finding, uh, or like searching things in a early teenage age. I remember having an awareness of 
the difference. I, I, I was aware that I was different sexually. Yeah. Um, right around puberty. Because I remember being in middle school, and I went to a really small school anyway. And something happened between 7th and 8th grade. Where in 7th grade, all of us girls sat together at the lunch table. And come 8th grade, all the girls wanted to sit with with the boys during lunch. And I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, like, he's cute, but, like, what? And I, I remember having this realization of, like, okay, some girls are going through something that I clearly am not going through. Um, but I don't think I thought too much of it because I just figured that I was so engulfed in purity culture that it was okay that I wasn't wanting to spend all of the time with this boys because, well, why would you want to spend so much time if you don't have the intention of getting married to these people anyway? Oh, so why yeah. waste your time? So with all these girls getting boy crazy, I just kind of saw it as them being sinful or pursuing something that God didn't really want for them. And well, God, well, a, a real man wants a pure woman. So it's okay that I don't want to spend all these time with these boys because that's what God has laid on my heart. Mm. Truth be told, I just didn't have an interest because like I was more interested in their sisters. <laughs> hey So for gay people who are wrapped up in the purity culture, it's pretty common for you guys to try to date members of the opposite sex. Did you ever have an experience doing that? Here's what's funny. Yes, but not until years after I came out of the closet. I didn't really date boys in high school or around the time that um, some of my other gay friends dated men. And I think a lot of that was, again, I was really caught up in purity culture and uh, I was going to save myself for marriage. And Mm. I wanted to save every part of me and I didn't want to engage in any form of uh, sexual behavior um, outside of a marriage because that's not what God wanted. Yeah, it was great because I would I would go to prom. I mean, I went to a really small school and we called it formal because prom insinuated other things. Um, but I would go to like homecoming and like dances with boys and they'd be my dates and stuff and it was so cute. But in actuality, like those boys were like my homies. Those boys were my buds. <laughs> I remember at the time I had season tickets to the Phoenix Suns games and so I would just go with these boys and I'd be like, oh, it's like not a date. It's like these are my buds. So I really didn't try dating men until, like I said, years after coming out of the closet. Um, so I've been out of the closet for about, let's see, how old am I? 29. I've been out of the closet for about 12 years now. And I dated a boy about a year ago. Wow. And it was one of those things where this guy at the time was my best friend in the world. Okay. I think that I caught some sort of feelings for him. But when I look, when I take emotions out of it and look at it in hindsight, I think that I I hadn't been in a relationship in so long that I think I was more in love with the concept of somebody loving me than I was actually in love with yeah. him. Okay. Even the things that we did sexually, it never did it for me the way that girls do, ever. I think I was attracted to him sexually in a way that I haven't been sexually attracted to men before however i am still even at the time i was still way more enticed by way more enticed by girls definitely wanted to sleep with girls um or i honestly i definitely don't want to i definitely wanted to date girls still over dating him so like i said in hindsight i was very much in love with the concept of a relationship i was in love with the concept of somebody loving me 
to the extent that he did. It, it felt like love at the time. It felt like attraction, but I, it definitely was not the kind of attraction that I had felt in, um, in any relationships that I had with girls. That is incredibly interesting to me. Um, do you have any stories of like horrible dates that you've been on or embarrassing hookup stories? It's like, I guess it's not that embarrassing. Like to me, it's not that embarrassing. Cause I'm like, what the fuck ever? Um, I was living in Colorado at the time and I was dating this girl and she had come down to Denver to visit me. And I don't remember why, but I had a rental car at the time. And I remember it was a Jeep Grand Cherokee because it was pretty spacious in uh, the back seat. And I was working at Starbucks at the time in a mall, but it was like outside of the mall. So it was like a, a standalone store. And she came to visit me and she surprised me. And uh before we went back to my house, we started getting it on in the car. And I was like, whatever, girl, like this has a big ass like backseat let's lay this shit down I'm like let's get it on let's get it on um uh, so we started doing our thing and uh the mall security like pretty regularly patrolled the parking lot and uh so she start, started seeing like the little like orange flashy lights from the mall security going around and she started freaking out and i was like oh no it's cool like they patrol all the time, like all good, no worries. And then like, not even two minutes later, I feel this, or I hear this, uh, knock on my driver's side window. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> and like, I pretty much have like majority of my clothes on because I was, you know, doing the doing and she was getting did. <laughs> right. And, uh, so I covered her up with a blanket and I hopped <laughs> in the front seat and I actually like rolled down the window and I was like, what's up, dude? <laughs> And he just like, he was like this puny little scrawny guy. And he's like, Oh, um, uh, and I was like, yeah, do we have a problem here or what? And he was like, Oh, I just wanted to make sure that like, that like you were good. Like the store's been closed for a while. So just make sure you guys are like good and like safe and stuff. I was like, Oh yeah, we good, dude. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, Oh, um, um, okay. And I like rolled up the window and like continue doing my business. But you know, for like the entirety of my time, like the rest of my time there, like I definitely gave him free drinks. Yeah. I was like, dude, I know you know what I was doing. <laughs> so like, yo drink for free. <laughs> hey, oh, um, there was this one chick one time I went on a date with this chick and I don't connect with like a ton of people right away, but this chick, like I was like on it, like I connected with her and this is like a Tuesday night, right? This is not like a time where everybody's like grinding and humping on each other. <laughs> so we go right. to this bar that's more like a sports bar and grill. So definitely not a place where you just like, again, like go like hump and fuck, you right. know? <laughs> A g the good old fashioned hump and fuck. <laughs> and she's like, tries making out with me like at the bar. And it was like, oh. I'm not going to like, kind of weird for me. One, because I'm not a huge PDA person anyway. Yeah. But two, like, girl, we had a bar and grill. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a dad with his daughter, like over on the corner oh, booth. Man. Like, this is weird. It's a Tuesday night. Yeah. Control yourself. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, look at me, girl. I know you want to be all about this shit all over me, but <laughs> chill. 
The next morning, I like hit her up because I had a great time with this chick, right? Yeah. She's super cute, great personality. We vibed well. I was like, I definitely want to see this girl again. And I texted her and I was like, hey, sober me wants to say thank you so much for last night. Had a great time. Looking forward to doing it again. And she messages me back. She's like, oh, yeah, me too. Like, what does your weekend look like? And I'm planning on meeting up with this chick again. And I was like, all right, we've had one date. So I might as well tell her, like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, making out in public. Sure. Because, like, if all I did was waste one date with you and, like, you're not about it, then, like, oh, well, one night out, no big deal. Yeah. So I said to her, I was like, hey, I just feel the need to be honest. I'm just not a huge fan of making out in public. And she texted me back, LOL, good to know. With like eight O's. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? But also, like, I wasn't going to look too much into it. Me and her had a second date scheduled for that Friday night. So we go out to dinner on that Friday. And she was like, so I feel the need to be, like, honest with you. Like, I don't remember making out. And I'm thinking, like, what? bitch, I went drink for a drink with you. Like, there's no way you were that drunk. Yeah. And my friend was like, well, maybe she was just, like, embarrassed that you called her out. Mm. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just give her the benefit of the doubt. She's embarrassed that I called her out. And I was like, hey, like, dude, PDA, not cool. Like, we 29, you know? Right. Grow the fuck up. And then we ended up, like, grabbing dinner. And then we went out again that night. And, like, got, you know, had a couple drinks, was fairly tipsy. And then she was like do you want to come back to my place tonight? And I was like, girl, you know I do. <laughs> so I went back to her place that night. And let me just say, hands down, the worst sex I've ever had oh, man. in my entire life. Uh. It was awful. And so I just like ended up rolling over and just going to sleep because I was like, whatever, I'm not wasting my time. I even went to the extent of like being like, all right, well, you obviously – aren't sufficient enough to do me but i might as well do you and she was like oh you gotta work for that and i was like oh, oh my God. okay i'm going to bed because like <laughs> nope and i rolled over went to sleep for the night but yeah. like i get up at like the ass crack it on so i like woke up the next morning and i was like all right well i might as well call an uber home and she like turns over to me and she's like dazed and confused and she was like um did we hook up last night at that point i knew i was like never going to call her again i was like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah cuz it'd be different if i like did her and she was like oh do we hook up cuz i was that bad but like you didn't even give me opportunity so like i'm good girl boy bye <laughs> is good um i went out to happy hour with a couple of my clients a couple years ago yeah and I had to leave because I, I think I had a prior engagement, like dinner with my brother or something. So I was heading out and or I was, it was getting ready to head out. And I was like, hey, guys, I got to leave in like 10 minutes. And one of my friend's friends was like, oh, no, no, no. One of my friends is coming. You got to wait. Just she'll be here in like 10 minutes. Like, I really want you to meet her. Like, just wait 10 minutes and then you're good to go. I was like, all right, I'm game. I'm all about meeting new people. Like sure. I'm friendly. I love new friends. It's all good in the hood. <sighs> and I'm, I'm waiting there. And like, let me explain to you, like, okay. So the gay community gets like super like agitated and offended by being like, who's the guy in the relationship? And people be like, oh, oh my God, we're both girls. That's the point. There is no guy in the relationship. But let's be honest, I'm definitely the guy in the relationship. <laughs> for sure. 
So, you can imagine, I tend to, if I'm the guy in the relationship, I tend to date really girly girls. Sure. So, I'm waiting for this friend's friend to roll around. Ten minutes later, rolls around, and this chick walks in. And she is one of those women that is, like, 45, but looks like a 13-year-old boy. I was like, girl, are you wearing chucks right now? Are you wearing Converse and cargos? Because, like, I'm not interested. And it was very clear that they were, like, trying to, like, set me up with this chick. And at the time, I'm 25. I'm not trying to be set up. What the fuck? And to make the situation even better, this bitch was wearing a puka shell necklace. Girl, I'm sorry. Is this 2002? What is wrong with you? Um, There was this chick that I went out with one time. And I was working at a gym at the time. But I wasn't a trainer quite yet. I was working front desk at the gym. Yeah. And this girl would always come in. And she was the client of one of the other trainers. And I was like, John, dude, you got to hook me up with this chick. She's super cute. And he was like, oh, well, I'm pretty sure she likes guys. And I was like, oh, like, because I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I have impeccable gaydar. And yeah. Gator took me a while to develop because when you're a, a baby gay, when you're a young gay, your gaydar often gets confused with your I hope she's gaydar. But no, uh, my gaydar okay. is impeccable. So I told him, I was like, dude, trust me, she likes girls too. So he was like, all right, I'll see what I can do. He texted me later. He's like, hey, she says that like she thinks you're cute too. And like, here's her number. I was like, told you, bro. <laughs> so he gives me her number, right? And I'm like texting her. And things are like cool. But she was also like, I don't know, something like threw me off from the very beginning. And our schedules kept on like conflicting and not lining up. And then my roommate at the time, I was like, dude, there's this chick that I'm like trying to like go on a date with. Like you should like check this chick out. And my roommate was like, dude, I went to high school with her. She hung out with like all like the druggy skater kids. Mm. And I was like, fuck but you know whatever like i don't judge like i was a dumb fucking bitch in high school too so is what it is i've changed a lot too sure. not gonna judge you so me and this girl our schedules kept on conflicting finally we schedule it for like a sunday to meet up and she was like hey i really want to meet up but i might have something really important to do that's literally how she said it and i was like um oh okay and she was like, all right, well, I might as well tell you now I'm in AA. And I was like, okay. Like, cause to me, that wasn't like a huge detractor. Cause I was like, all right, what if you like had an issue, like went through AA, got your life together. Like, I'm not a big drinker anyway. I'm like, cool. I can support you. Yeah. And like, what if you got your life together? And like, now you're like on straight and narrow. I'm about it. She's right. like, yeah. So like, um, I might as well tell you like, I'm in AA. Like I'm like, I go to these meetings and stuff. So we end up meeting up on this date. And she was like, so, like, what are you into? And I was like, um, I'm really into Beyonce. And she's like, oh, I'm really into anime. And I was like, oh, mm, skirt, I'm out. I already knew I was going to be out from that point. Like, and don't get me wrong, I've heard the anime girls are freaky as fuck, which, like, sexually, like, it's kind of cool. But, like, mm, no, I'm good. Like, I'm not trying to have no Fifty Shades of Grey shit going on in my life. And she's like, I'm really into anime. I was like, oh, oh, cool. And so we were like not even like 45 minutes into the state. I think we were like 43. And I was like, oh my God, look at the time. Like I got a shower and like go to work. And she's like, oh my God, well, this was so fun. Like we should do it again. Do you want to go see a movie sometime? 
I was like, um, I will let you know. <laughs> At that point, I like never hit her up ever again. Cause I was like, what the fuck? Cause she also told me, cause we were talking about living situations and I was like, yeah, like I have like two roommates right now. Like they're pretty cool. And she's like, yeah, I moved back in with my parents. I moved out when I was 18. Well, like I didn't really like, move out. Like I moved into like a halfway house and I was like, mm, I'm out. <laughs> um, so that was one situation. Another situation. I have like fucking stories on stories on stories. Let's hear them. Um, there was this other chick and I had been like texting her for a while and she seemed cool. But again, I got some like weird vibes. At this point, like I didn't really want to go out with her, but I felt like I had been talking to her for like, enough time that I at least like owed it to like owed it to her to like meet up with her. Yeah. And I was living with um my friend Layla at the time. And Layla had sprained her ankle. And this chick knew it too because I was like on the phone with her one night and I was like, oh my roommate just got here. She's got home from urgent care. She sprained her ankle yes er, yesterday. So she got an x-ray. Blah blah blah. So she knows this shit already. Mm. The next day, I vividly remember it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I was like not in the mood to meet up. But this girl was like, "I like want to meet up so bad," and I like didn't want to meet up, but I was like, "Whatever." Like I, I feel like I kind of owe it to you, so I was like, "Hey," and this is so dick of me. So no judgment, y'all. This is so dick of me, but I was like, "Well, hey, I need to do some meal prepping." So like, do you want to meet me at the grocery store and like grocery shop with me? And so like to meet up, and she's like, "Sure." I should have known right then it was going to be a fucking disaster. <laughs> so I go to the grocery store. She meets up with me and she's like, nah. I think, well, part of it was like her pictures were definitely a little bit deceiving. And she looked a little bit like her pictures, but not completely mm. like her pictures. You feel? You yeah. catch my drift? I got you. And I was like, mm, okay. So at this point, I was like, all right, grocery shop and get the fuck out. So I, so she, and she like bitched and complained the entire time. So we get out to the parking lot. At this point, I'm like, I am looking for an exit strategy. I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right. And so I text my roommate. I was like, bro, met up with this chick, not interested, need an excuse to get out. Will you please call me and give me an excuse to to leave? (laughs) So Layla, my roommate, the girl that's got my back since day one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gives me a phone call. I was like, excuse me. I picked up the phone call. I was like, hey, what's up? And she's like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. You know, I sprained my ankle and the prescription's waiting for me at, at the pharmacy. Will you go pick it up? And I was like, at this point, like, I couldn't just be like, oh, sure. Cause I didn't need to like give a perception. I was trying to get out of the state. Yeah, sure. And I was like, oh, well, can you like, can your boyfriend pick it up? And she's like, well, it's Super Bowl Sunday and he's been drinking. Mind you, I know this fucker does not watch sports. He has not been watching the Super Bowl. He has not been drinking. And I was like, oh, well, for sure. I definitely don't want him to drink and drive. So which pharmacy is it? She like tells me some fake pharmacy. And I turned to the scroll and I was like, I'm so sorry. My, you know, my roommate, remember how I told you yesterday, like she sprained her ankle. Well, like she's in so much pain right now. Like I just like, that's my, that's my girl. Like, I gotta go get her prescription. And she's like, no, I totally understand. <sighs> and I like went and bought a six pack and I walked in the house. And I was like, here's your prescription. <laughs> um, and then I ended up running into that girl at Gay Pride like a month later. And wow. she like looks at me and starts like making out with this girl next to her. And I was like, um, okay, not jealous because you're gross. This whole dating scene seems like a whole lot of work to me. Um, I'm curious. 
I'm guessing you met most of these girls on dating apps. What is it like using those dating apps? And um, have you had any success with that? They go through this random thing every like couple months where I'll like delete Tinder and then re-download Tinder. I've probably deleted and re-downloaded Tinder like 67 times, which means the 69th time I'm going to have to like actually like, meet up with the person and be like, all right, like we have to fuck out of commemoration for 69. With these dating apps, you hear stories all the time about people being ghosted. Have you ever had any experience with that? I am fine with being ghosted. In fact, like I'd rather be ghosted than me do the ghosting because then at least like you're the asshole and I'm not, you know? Yeah. But I did ghost somebody recently too, which I kind of felt bad about. I matched with this bitch on Bumble and I'm like in a place in my life where like I got other priorities other than dating, you know? So I'm just, I matched with this bitch on Bumble and she was like, so how do you feel about kids? LOL, asking for a friend. And I was like, okay, so like <laughs> you have kids. Right. And she's like, LOL, maybe. I'm like, cool. So like how many kids do you have? Four. Right. Oh my God. And my thing is like, I, I very much put on there, like, I'm not looking for anything, like, serious at all. Like, right. I'm looking for me and you, we can go grab drinks. We can hang out. Like, if you're cool and like we have a connection, like we can hook up. But like, that's really all I'm looking for. Like, yeah. I don't want kids. And it's not that I just, I don't want to be pregnant or I don't want to like birth the kids. I don't want kids mm. in any capacity. Right. And she's like, or cause she's like, how do you feel about kids? And I was like, Oh, well, like, I don't want kids, but like, I'm really good with them. And she like sends me like heart eye emoji. And I'm like, whatever. Like, she's hot. So like, I'm just going to keep working this. And dude, I must have received like nine boomerangs of her kids. Mm. And I was just out. I was like, bitch, my pussy is drier than Sahara does. Like, the more you see my pictures of kids. So I like ghosted her. And then she like hit me up. She's like, did you change your mind on like wanting to meet? And I was like, yeah. Like the number of pictures you sent me of your kids is overwhelming. And yeah. like, I'm just not interested anymore. Bitches be crazy. You've had all of these really interesting experiences dating people via dating apps or even meeting people in person. I'm wondering what is dating like for you now? Um, shit. <laughs> to put it simply, dating fucking sucks. Jesus. Um, uh, no, dude, dating is, uh, dating's awkward. Um, and I think a lot of it for me is, uh, God, I don't even know how to really go into it, but, um, I think the, the hard, the hardest part about being gay is you get to, you become part of this community and you almost become a little bit dogmatic about that community. Mm. And I'm in a place now where like, like my, my, my sexual orientation doesn't define me and everybody wants to say that. Right. And I think a lot of it is in response to people being opposed to gay people or the LGBT community yeah. um and so they'll say things like well my my sexual orientation doesn't define me but then they go on the flip end and they completely let their fucking sexual identity define them and it's so frustrating um because i choose to hang out with people with whom i have you know shared habits or i enjoy going out with you know, I, I joined a kickball league and we've been playing kickball and I'd rather hang out with people that, uh, that share common interests sure. than our only common interest is our liking of the twat because <laughs> what kind of, what kind of bond is that? You know, 
Um, so for me, dating's been difficult because it is very difficult to find a, another girl that is just staying in her own lane and has goals and dreams and aspirations and isn't caught up in uh, the either the politics of the community or the identity of the community. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I just, I don't give a shit. And so I equally seek that in somebody else that I'm dating. I don't want to date somebody who is wrapped up in the, for lack of a better term, the gay agenda. Yeah. I just, if, if the only thing that you have to offer to a community is what you like to lick, then me and you don't have enough in common for me to date you. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of people are, too many people are caught up in that. Yeah. And uh, I just, I cannot date somebody who finds themselves in that boat. That viewpoint is pretty different from what I usually hear from members of the LGBTQ community. I'm wondering what your politics are like and also... How has that fared um, whenever you're trying to interact with people on that level uh, in the community? I am. Uh, I'm fairly politically conservative, and that just does not vibe well with most people in the yeah. community. And so oftentimes I am not necessarily written off, but you'll see on people's profiles, like if you're a lib or if you're a conservative, swipe left. <laughs> or if you like Trump, swipe left. Or right. And it's just like... <sighs> Does this really matter? Does this really matter? No. Um, so it's difficult to find somebody there. But I think the hardest part about dating within the community is because the community is so small, and even in bigger cities, the community is still fairly small. Right. And everybody kind of knows everybody. So I'll give you an example. There was this show on Showtime back in the early 2000s called The L Word. And any lesbian listening to this knows about the L word. And if you haven't, you are a bad gay, bad, <laughs> bad gay. Um, but every lesbian that I know has seen the L word. And it was this drama show on Showtime all about lesbians. And in the second season, they create this, um, this web, right? Where they start with, they start with somebody's name and they make links to every person that girl has slept with. And then every girl that that girl has slept with. And they, in the, in this entirety of this web, which I will send you a picture of this because it's on the internet somewhere. In the entirety of the web, they realize that everybody's pretty much slept with everybody. Yeah. Um, so the problem with dating is chances are, if you're dating somebody, you already know somebody that knows some, that, that somebody. And it's difficult to just start dating somebody and not really knowing anything about them, which is kind of, which is half the fun of dating, right? Sure. It's not knowing anything about anything about them and getting to know them, uh, without the baggage of, well, you know, this girl who dated this girl who I once one time dated, who also had a one night stand with this girl that I dated. It's, uh, the community is incestuous. And so, um, when you find somebody that has not, hooked up with everybody that you know or has when you find somebody that hasn't hooked up with anybody that you know that girl's a gem and you got to keep that girl <laughs> right um so i would say that's probably the one of the most difficult things about dating um dating for me okay but what is dating like for you today like are you seeing anyone um uh, dating for me now personally so i I just don't have an interest in dating right now. Um, I feel like I am currently in a very weird transitionary 
part of my life. I just bought my, my first business and that is a hundred percent where my mental capacity is at. And I want to continue to invest in that. So my dating life is, I, I I always say that I'm like, I'm a born of, I'm a born again virgin. (laughs) I am reclaiming celibacy, um, uh, mostly just for myself. Um, because I definitely have a tendency to let girls deter me from my path and I don't want to stifle my own potential growth, my own personal growth for the sake of being in a relationship. Sure. Um, you'll find that within the lesbian community, um, girls tend to be incredibly codependent. Again, I can only speak for myself, but when I've dated people in the past, when I've dated people seriously, after a breakup, I go a decent amount of time before hopping into the next relationship, but that doesn't seem to be the status quo for the lesbian community. Um, you see a lot of girls going from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next. A classic lesbian joke is, what does a lesbian bring to a second date? What do they bring? A U-Haul. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, that's so funny. However, lesbians do tend to go incredibly quickly in relationships. And I've definitely been that person before, too. So I'm not dogging on anybody. I've definitely been that person yeah. um, to go uh, you know, from zero to 60 in a matter of a week. Yeah. Dating is an interesting game. So where I'm at now is I don't really give a shit what genital you like to lick. <laughs> I would much rather hang out with people with whom I have common interests or bring value to my life and I can add value to their life. Yeah. Um, so that's what dating is like for me now. It seems like you should be able to have a relationship, but also be able to pursue all the things that you're wanting to do with your business and stuff. What would you say is something that you would warn people about to stay away from uh, if they're trying to be in a relationship or really be passionate about a person? Um, What is it that you would say keeps them from achieving uh, ultimate pleasure or satisfaction with a partner. I think people need to be careful about their pornography intake oh. because I know that my um, sexual pleasure, it's definitely stifled my ability to achieve quality orgasms with um, uh, the girls that I have slept with at least recently. Oh. Either that or to be completely honest, man, some of the girls might might have just fucking sucked. Or maybe it's a combination of the two. <laughs> that sure. is highly likely as well. Well, can't you just do some sort of move or maneuver like uh, uh, scissoring or something to to help you reach that? Scissoring's not a thing. I mean, it is, but like that's just a leg cramp. I've tried that once, and I was like, "Bitch, get off me!" Right? Fuck you, doing? Just put your head down there. That works way better. I appreciate. <laughs> so, what type of relationship do you see yourself in in the next ten years? Oh God. Ten years from now, I would like, let's see, ten years from now, I will be 39, and I hope to be in a relationship with with somebody that I'm a little bit more settled down with, but I also don't really know, man, because I think that when I was 19, I was like, oh, by the age of 25, I'm for sure going to have a long-time girlfriend, and here I am, 29, and I have a pretty monogamous relationship with Pornhub. Actually, that's not true. I'm in a pretty polyamorous relationship with Pornhub, XNXX, RedTube, um, browsers when that shit is for free. <laughs> it's kind of a shame that Tumblr took their adult content down because that was a great source of shit. But from what I'm told, Tumblr still has some good adult stuff. 
Um, which definitely does not back up my claim earlier that people should be watching their porn intake. Because right. it definitely affects your relationships later on. Um, I, to be honest, don't know a lot of the science or the, the actual research behind it. I know that when I was in the church, they'd be like, don't watch pornography. Not just because it was a sin, but because like, it's going to stifle your relationship. Right. But, um, I'm actually finding that it, that is true. So wow. that's kind of shitty. Um, yeah. In 10 years though, I, I, I would say if, if everything is going well for me in my own personal growth, um, I would love to be in a relationship with somebody in 10 years. Um, I don't really see myself ever having children. I don't really see myself ever being, I don't know if I ever see myself being serious with somebody that already has children, maybe like one child or two. Yeah. Potentially. But I don't see myself having a ton of kids. I would like to be the cool aunt that right. lets them make bad decisions, but like I, I guide them <laughs> towards making their bad decisions responsibly. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying being single right now. I'm enjoying just living my life and focusing on business and focusing on progressing myself and evolving and growing and changing and meeting new people. So part of me thinks, who knows? Ten, ten years from now, I might have no idea where I want to go. Or right. ten years from now, I might be like, oh my God, wouldn't it be trippy if I was like with a dude? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so in love. My parents are like, oh my God, we're so happy. <laughs> You'd be the favorite kid then. <laughs> I would for sure be the favorite kid. So me and both my brothers are gay. Well, one of my brothers is bisexual, but like, to be honest, he's going to end up with a dude. So let's just say like, love, let's just level the playing field. We're all faggots. We're all gay up in her. And, uh, yeah, if like, if I end up with a dude, which like gross, no, thank you. It's not going to happen. But if it did, damn, I would for sure be the favorite kid. Fuck yeah. Okay, I want you to go back and talk a little bit more about the politics in the LGBT community. Give me more on that. Oh, well, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because this, I'm about to go off. <laughs> Going off. Um, I'm going to give you my cynical side, and I'm going to give you my optimistic side. All right, let's My cynical side is that I honestly don't think that... So... <sighs> Growing up, you heard about the gay agenda, right? And then you grow up and you're like, okay, like that whole gay agenda shit from church was total horseshit. And I think that maybe the quote unquote gay agenda that I heard about during church is horseshit, but I absolutely do believe that there is a gay agenda. And I think it's very politically driven. I think it's very dogmatic. And I don't think that it is good for gay people. So here's the cynical part of where I feel, um, or how I feel about the gay community. It's 2019. I think that you will always have those people that think that being gay is wrong. I think that, uh, the people that, I mean, you hear about those, you know, certain pastors or certain people that will refer to gay people as beasts no. or perverts. But I think God. that makes up such a small majority of people that it is really unfair to make a blanket statement that everybody that opposes same-sex marriage or opposes the gay lifestyle is equivalent to the people that think God hates fags. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, for example, my parents are... My parents think I'm living in sin, and my parents think that uh, being gay is wrong. However, I have a fabulous relationship with my parents. And to me, them not accepting that as okay is okay for me. Really? Um, I can, again, I can only speak for myself and not a lot of people, um, 
think that way. But I don't think it's up to me to change my parents' mind necessarily on their ideology. I think that I can, I would rather focus on the dynamic of our relationship as a whole. And I have a great relationship with my parents. And I refuse to let something like me being gay be divisive in my relationship with them. Now, with that being said, that took me a very, very long time to get to that point. Um, one of my brothers does not feel the same way. And uh, I just, you know, <laughs> I hope that he comes around at least sometime soon. But to me, I just, along with that, I don't think it's, um, I don't think my parents are bigots. I don't think that my parents um, think that treating gay people poorly is okay. So I think that uh, with the LGBTQ community, I think that educating people on acceptance to whatever comfort level somebody feels is probably the proper way to go about it. I think that the LGBTQ community tends to paint a broad brush as anybody who opposes gay marriage as a shitty person. Well, that's the narrative that you always hear. It's almost like you have no room for growth. You can't figure this stuff out. You have to be an ally or you're the enemy. And look, I'm not facing any sort of backlash for my sexuality, but it seems to me like the world is getting more accepting. But I think that takes away a lot of the value of people that actually do face um, severe results at because of coming out of the closet. Mm, my parents did okay. not kick me out of the house. My parents did not tell me how shitty I was. My parents yeah. did not um, think that I was a bad person because of it. They just happened to ideologically oppose um, or think that I'm living in sin. I think that combining uh, that with the people that kick their kids out of the house, that disown their children, that uh, treat their kids like shit, or send their kids for fuck, send their kids to conversion therapy. I think it's unfair to put my parents in the same boat as people that do that. Yeah. Um, so I think that continuing to paint the brush of anybody that opposes same-sex marriage or opposes same-sex couples is a shitty person. Mm. I think that's incredibly irresponsible. Um, I think it's ignorant. And I think it's bad for gay people. Um, because yeah. I definitely went through a period of time where I was very angry towards my parents and I was very, um, if you can't get on board with this, then like you shouldn't have a place in my life. Wow. And that took away a lot of time that I could have spent building a relationship with my parents yeah. with us just agreeing to disagree on something. And I would rather face bridges when I get there. So for example, I don't think that if I were to get married, my parents would come. Oh, and man. on a very deep level, that really makes me sad. Yeah. And it breaks my heart because I would love for my parents to be there to celebrate. Yeah. But I don't think my parents are shitty people for that. Again, oh. it'll make me very sad, but I'm not going to stress out about um, something that, <laughs> for fuck's sake, I'm single and I have nobody even on the horizon. So why would I right. stress myself out <laughs> yeah. about something that um, that is not there, I guess? I'll uh, face it when I get there. So what's the next step for the gay community, the LGBT community? What what needs to happen? Um, I think that along with um, saying that people that ideologically oppose you are shitty people, I think that continuing to tell gay people that they're oppressed and they're not free and that we need to fight for our rights is incredibly detrimental to gay people. Wow. So in, in, in that aspect, I do think that the gay, the LGBTQ community does have a gay agenda. I think it's very politically driven. Wow. I think that uh, the community is not very inclusive of different values and different perspectives on things. 
I also feel like the uh, the community is definitely pandered to. Um, let's say Pride Month, for example. I'm very morally and I'm very outspoken in my opposition towards Pride Month. Oh, okay. Because I think that it is very much the financial exploitation of the gay community. I don't think that... Wow. Insert big corporate company here waving a gay flag. That doesn't do shit for me. I've never thought about um, that. I don't give a shit. And I yeah. think that continuing to pander to the community... I guess my my thing is like, hello, community, wake the fuck up. Like, why the fuck would you want to be pandered to? That is a unique perspective. And I think that like... I think that continuing to tell people that they're oppressed is detrimental. Like, who are you to tell me that, like, I'm not free? Also, I don't understand people like, well, we need to fight for our rights. Because at the end of the day, what right do straight people have that gay people don't? Wow. For real. Like, there is... And, and if there is, I would love for somebody to show me that. And I will definitely stand up for the rights of gay people to have the equal opportunity of... Straight people, um, I don't think that a lo- I don't think the LGBTQ community or the gay community, I don't think they want equality. I think they want privilege. Wow, you're saying things that I have never heard from a gay person. Do you get a lot of pushback from the LGBTQ community? I had this argument with somebody where they they posted this something during Pride Month, and it said, "Don't be upset that um, you can't have a straight Pride Month. Be grateful you don't need one." Hmm. And to me. To be honest, if the, if the gay community truly wants equality, then straight mo- straight pride month should absolutely be a thing. Um, I don't think there's any pro- any problem in having like a gay pride festival, um, which is you know a big gay party. That's fine. But to me, like I'm not proud to be gay. I'm proud to be Amanda. I'm proud to be all these. I'm proud of my character. I'm proud of my accomplishments. And I think that. How how are you proud of something that that we've argued you don't choose? I have no shame. I have no self-loathing in the fact that I'm gay. But I'm not proud of being gay in the same way that why would somebody be proud of being straight? I'm just proud of who I am. I'm proud of me. Wow. I think that you have an incredibly mature and nuanced way of looking at this issue. And I wish more people had your viewpoint. But I wonder... Have you not benefited from being a part of the LGBT community? I think that initially it did me a little bit of good. It allowed me to see that uh, there are other people out there that are like me. I remember being uh, 16 years old and thinking that I was the only Christian out there that struggled with same-sex attraction. And um, then seeing a lot of other people who still believed in God, who were still called themselves Christians... And that we're also gay or, you know, quote unquote, struggled with same sex attraction. So I think that the community did me good in the beginning. But I do feel like the the community should be a stepping stone rather than a destination. Wow. I think that um, it allowed me to see that people are beautiful regardless of who the fuck they're attracted to. Yeah. But I also think that the, you know, again, where I really, man, this is going to be way more cynical than I intended to. <laughs> Fuck. Um, it's okay. But the, uh, I think people get so upset with people that think that the community is nothing but perverts or sexually promiscuous. Mm, but to yeah. be honest, a lot of people portray the promiscuity and I don't want to say lack of sexual discipline because it sounds way more judgmental than I intend. But 
I think people often, I think people get mad about the perception of sexual promiscuity when the sexual promiscuity is very much mainstream gay community. So I struggle with uh, how do you get mad at something that is very clearly real? Yeah. Um, and not to say that people shouldn't have feel free to be sexually open and be able to sexually explore. Um, but I think that there, you know, stereotypes exist for a reason and the reputations exist for a reason. Sure. Now the positive side, because yes. we is going to get there. <laughs> Good. Um, I feel <laughs> there are several um, groups of people of the LGBTQ community that don't let their sexuality to define them that they are they feel free because gay people we are free we are Mm -hmm. and if you don't feel free i would encourage you to take a look inward and realize why you don't feel free wow i also do i'm not in a bible belt state i'm not in a a, i don't live somewhere where i'm constantly morally opposed and i do feel grateful for that um so i think that uh probably differs depending on location sure however i with uh, with us having the rights that we do, you just realize like you are always gonna face bigots, but the people with whom you hold great value, like if they think that you're a shitty person for being gay, chances are you don't really need them in your life. Or oh yeah, of maybe course. you reel back on how much you have them in your life. You know, you can't choose your family. But I I feel very optimistic as far as I think there are plenty of people like me that are just sick of the identity politics they're sick of me uh they're sick of people pandering to the gay community they're mm. sick of people saying things that are politically correct because they think that's gonna get our vote or yeah. they think that makes them look better in the community and to be honest like i really do want equality i sure. really just want to be treated the exact same way that everybody is treated yeah i don't want to be uh, uh treated differently Like, just because I'm gay, who fucking cares, you know? Yeah. Just, like, treat me like you would, like, anybody else. I mean, granted, like, like I said, like, I'm just, like, such a lesbian today. Got my (laughs) basketball shorts and my cutoffs and my hat. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I I don't hide that I'm gay, but I don't, don't treat me any sort of way because of it. Yeah, I, I think you have a very empowering message for gay people. Um, I, I love your perspective. What would you say to straight people, allies, and bigots uh, that you think they should know about the LGBTQ community? I would say, for myself personally, and you kind of have to gauge the gay people in your life, but it goes back to what I just said. Like, I don't want to be treated differently because I'm gay. Mm. Um, if you have a joke that's funny about gay people, I want you to tell it. I don't <laughs> want you to be you to feel stifled or you to feel like you can't say something um i personally don't have a problem with the word faggot or dyke or butch because i think that like we all know somebody that you're like all right that person's a faggot you know (laughs) um so i would say straight people feel out your situation know where that person is at but if you feel like you're cool enough with that person or that person is comfortable comfortable enough with their sexuality that they're willing to joke around about it then don't hold back for fear of hurting our feelings because then you are treating us differently. And again, feel that person out, but like, I want equality. So if you have a funny joke and it makes fun of gay people, go for it. Like one of my favorite jokes is, uh, what do you call a lesbian with nails? What do you call her? Single. (laughs) It's funny. And if you hear that, tell it. 
Um, so straight people, feel out your situation, know where that person's at, but also don't be afraid to say things for fear of hurting somebody's feelings. And if they are, if their feelings are hurt, then discuss that with them and then challenge them. Ask them, like, do you truly want equality or not? Um, what else should straight people know about the LGBTQ community? Um, I don't give a fuck if you like Ellen. <laughs> Ellen does not speak for all lesbians. Um, that was my favorite. It's like, oh my God, you're, you're gay. Ugh, I love Ellen. I'm like, um, okay. Yeah. Um, another thing that I often encountered was, do you guys remember when that song by Macklemore came out, Same Love? And it was, like, so pro-gay. I must have gotten, like, 15 screenshots of people being like, oh, my gosh, like, the song reminds me of you. I support you. I'm like, I don't need no fucking allies. I mean, thank you, but, like, what? What? Treat me the same way as you would treat anybody else. I guess that's my underlying message. Straight people. Treat LGBTQ people the same as you would treat your straight friends. If you want a dog on them, dog on them. If you don't want a dog on them, don't dog on them. Well, Amanda, I think your message is extremely empowering to the gay community. And I love what you have to say. I think you're brilliant. Um, really respect your opinions. And thank you so much for being so candid about relationships. If you want to talk to Amanda face to face, if you agree with her, you disagree with her, you're going to have to join our Patreon to do it. She's over at our Marco Polo. She's absolutely hilarious, as you can already tell by this podcast episode. Come and have a conversation with her. Head on over to fadetograypodcast.com. Click the link to join our Patreon and join the conversation. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.